You ever wonder what makes you do what you do or why you love what you love? Hi, I'm Sarah, and I'm on a journey trying to find my happiness, which for me means figure out what makes me tick. As part of this journey, I've been doing some radical self-discovery and what really is at the core of me and what I value most. I have the amazing privilege of being friends with Dr. Chris Hawley, who has two specialties. He's a family physician and a sports medicine physician. He's part of something known as the Romeo Clinic in Turlock. He and his partners have begun mapping through their SAIDI project, the human genome, in a way that no one else has. I know the word genome makes you think that Chris is going to actually look at my DNA, but Chris is interested in beyond people's just physical beings and physical health. He's interested in pulling back all the different layers, not just body. In fact, he digs further into the mind, even further into the spirit. He has an inclination that there's something even more going on in the genome that defines our very soul. If I'm going to find out what makes me happy, I think knowing what makes my soul come alive is part of that. We're going to spend some time on this episode looking into my own genome, and I hope that what you discover is that there are parts of you that are deep within your soul that you may not even be aware of. Uh, One, I wanted to thank you just for the work that you're doing on this podcast, and what what I think you're doing on this podcast is is you're doing a lot of soul work and and really digging into the deepest places of yourself and, and discovering them. Uh, some for the first time and some on a much deeper level than you've known yourself uh, before. And why I'm so grateful for you doing that, one, just as your friend, I I love seeing you grow uh, and you're already such an amazing person. But also I've just talked to a number of people who listen to your podcast regularly and how grateful they are that you're doing this out loud or in, in the podcast space and doing this journey, which is it's your journey, but it's also it's a universal journey. We all need to go through this. We all need to discover our soul or the core of who we are and find out what's in there, what motivates and inspires us. So I'm on this journey, and I know that you have been um, following it. Six years ago, my life was headed in one direction, and through a series of events, a massive breakup, uh, a change in job, it I was, I was done. And I went to a uh, conference that and met some of my closest friends and we've all made these massive life changes, but I still hadn't really figured out how to live my life. I think if I'm honest, it's taken me probably five years to get over the massive trauma of that year um, from losing the person who I thought was going to be my significant other to, um, you know, him getting married and kind of being left on the sidelines and just feeling that to taking on a church as the lead just being in like fight or flight and just duck your head down and go and not even sure if I like what I'm doing or not. And in the process of that and going to that conference, realizing that the speaker um, is a guy named Rob Bell. And he said, after I shared kind of a bit of my story and I just told him all the things that I was really bad at. (laughs) And he, he said, whoa, stop. Who you are not is not interesting. Stop telling me who you're not. Tell me who you are. And so I kind of went into the things that I thought at the time, like really bring me alive. And I still, I still think those things are true. And he said, okay, well then do that, be that. And they didn't necessarily fit into the normal categories of what makes a pastor a pastor. So for me, like creative arts are really important for me. Speaking at events is actually something that like makes me come alive, connecting with people. I just love it. I love acting and art and all these, I just love that stuff. And so for, 
for me after that, I could no longer do ministry in the way that I think a lot of mainline denominations have asked pastors to be, which is like, be all things to all people. And uh, I I would say I was, you know, I went from that of like, okay, I know that I don't want to be that kind of pastor, but like constantly the system tells you, you got to do all the things. So you're like, I really want to be this creative person. You know, I went, I started speaking at events and people would come alive when I would just say, Hey, like, what if we just did authentic ministry from who we really are? And it sounds like the dumbest, easiest sentence. I remember I spoke at an event within that year and all that. And I, and I said, I am a pastor was the name of the the talk. And, and I couldn't read the room, which is weird for me because I'm a bit of an empath. I couldn't tell how people felt about it because the lights were on me, not on the audience. And as soon as I was done, the lights came up and there were four people crying. I didn't realize how much we are, our core is stifled. And I didn't realize either how much I was living for other people's expectations and how much that affects my health, how much that affects my interpersonal relationships, how much that has affected um, just sort of my life. And so for me to like take take vow authority, but more kind of just be me. And um, it's really scary for other people. Like it's super scary when you're just willing to be like, yeah, that's actually not me. That was kind of the start of that. And then, you know, five years later after that, I am asked to run a church and I'm still so work oriented. And I I know you've heard the whole story of, of starting Sonderless, but I had this realization that I was spending most of my life wishing I was someone else. And here's from the outside perspective, people look at my life and, you know, it looks like this, you know, kind of well-constructed thing, but I just was burnt out from my own life and thinking like, I would rather be anyone but me. You know, I would go to parties and I'd literally be the only single person in the room. And it's not like people didn't want me there or anything like that, but it just felt like, I forgot to live my own life. It was really the realization, like, I don't want to, like, live other people's stories. I want to live my own. But I I think I don't know what my core is or what um, really, what makes me feel successful or what makes me feel like I'm on the right track and trail. And so we've had some really fun conversations just about, like, what does it even mean for my soul to be, like, thought of and separate from being a pastor and being you know, all the things I've used, which are kind of uh, achievement based. So I was really excited to chat with you about it. Yeah, yeah. That's part of the journey for sure. So you had a chance to take the CD uh, assessment and and do the hard work of what the heck is in my core? What's Uh, in my brain? Tell me more about that. This was, I I have to tell you the truth. Um, This was really hard for me. I'm actually pulling it up right now for you online. And the reason it was so hard for me Um, I took it and um, actually the guy I'm dating was there. Uh, It was so funny because I wanted, I was like, what what do you think I am? Do you think I'm this or that? Um, And he was like, whoa, that's not for me to say. (laughs) But I I think I just struggled so much with like, oh gosh, all of these, I find all of these um, appealing. So I I actually like stared at the screen for a long time. Um, But what it came up for me is... Just to give people an update, what we're talking about is um, he has created this, him and his partners, his business partners that he was mentioning earlier, have created this online way of sort of figuring out what your core, sort of the things that inspire you the most, right? Is that a good way of putting it? Yeah, that's a great way to put it. So the things that like drive you the most, the 
the place where like you get, you are, no, you're, you're healthy when you're kind of performing or behaving out of these things. Uh, authenticity. So I'm inspired most uh, when being genuine, real, and true to self. Connection. I'm inspired when connecting with others. Collaboration. I'm inspired when collaborating with others to accomplish something. Socialization. Um, I'm inspired when I'm communicating with others. Which is interesting because on tests, this is going to, I don't know if this will surprise you or not. I actually skew almost in the middle between introvert and extrovert. Um, and I, uh, what do you call it? I, people would see me as an extrovert, but like to get energy, I have to have enough. <laughs> my, my friends that know me really well, including my um, administrative assistant always says to me, you've peopled too much. You need uh -huh. to. You've peopled too much. You need a night of no peopling. Although that, there's a bit of like misnomer about the introversion and extroversion thing. There, there is a bit of like even if you're an extrovert, you still need rhythms of recharge, and those recharge, and you still need the soul work. You need the solitude. You need those things are still necessary no matter what your the way you process information or whatever your personality type is. There's a rhythm to this whole revolution thing we're all trying to live out. You got to have those times of recharge, and that's gonna. And you need several ways to do it. Sometimes it's gonna be with people and an awesome conversation with a friend, and it's gonna be that connection piece for you. Sometimes you, you just need to unplug and get back to the core of who you are—the soul, the divine, the rest, uh, the sleep that you may need to, to to get back out there. It's not clean. It's gonna be messy, uh, <laughs> but that's okay. Uh, that's just who we are on the inside. But uh, I see all those being really, really true uh, for you. I think the last three actually kind of go together. And I would say that spirituality is another one of my core. So that authenticity. Like of Reverend Sarah Heath. That does sound like me. <laughs> yes, it does. Even without the spirituality piece or the creative piece huh. or the visioning piece. Uh huh. Wow. Okay. Tell I, me more. You may need to re-explore this. So my, my experience with this process is that people will shift a little bit uh, in their answers, uh, and it's not always uh, what you would think as a direct one-to-one -one connection with your, with your work. One, I think the authenticity is super interesting uh, for you uh, because without this podcast, you... If you couldn't do the work of this podcast, a part of the authenticity of your journey would have died. You would have lost some connection uh, to the thing that gives you energy in the first place. And that would have been tragic for you. That would have been really tough. As I looked at my four core, it was weird for me. What was glaringly obvious is that one was missing. Spirituality. I took some time to think about it. Actually, to pray about it. Why isn't my core my spirituality? I looked at the cores that I do have and I noticed something. They're all relational. For me, my faith is very relational. Spirituality isn't exactly it. It's more about this divine conversation between myself and God. I think that's why spirituality didn't rank high, but connection did. I feel very connected to God. God is part of my life. God is, in fact, in relationship with me. And sometimes that's easy, and sometimes that's hard. So, like, my four core values are uh, what's in my soul, our vision. So I, I had to own and even grow into, I'm a visionary, and that's just mm -hmm. what I do. And I do Like, that sounded too bold and too 
uh, almost boastful in my brain. Uh, that okay, I'm Chris Hawley, the visionary. Like, whatever, dude. Yeah. But you have to grow into it and own it to even to even you know ex- like live from your soul. You got to own it first and then get good at it. Uh, so my four are vision, uh, impact. I love things that impact other people, uh, and I love spirituality. Anything that's spiritual and seeing the spiritual things in all things. And then I love wisdom, just good wisdom. So that's me and who I am in my core. And when I'm living that out, when I can tap into that anytime I want, and that will inspire my spirit, bring clarity to my mind, energy to my body, and, and help direct what actions I should be saying yes to in the world and what I, is not really my work in the world. I love where you're coming from and trying to figure out your work and your relationships and, and even your city and how, how can I bring out my core uh, so that it's on fire and, and lit uh, mm-hmm. in whatever you're doing, uh, in whatever sphere you're, you're being you and fully you. It's interesting because um, one of our close friends, Greg, um, he is a podcast editor and he is this creative and he is also Canadian. So that's why we're so close. But um, I called Greg before I even started recording this um, podcast idea because I'd had that conversation with my best friend before we recorded it we had had a similar conversation and I said what if I did a podcast that was based on this and he um it was Greg who said I love the idea it would be it would catch fire people are gonna love it it's such a great idea please don't do it (laughs) and I said and he said, here's why. And it wasn't that he was trying to discourage me from actually doing it, but Greg's kind of a, uh, like a ninja when it comes to these sort of things. He was like, Sarah, there's a there's a false self that you have spent a lot of time curating and inviting other people to know that, that those of us that are closest to you know isn't real. And she's going to have to die and she's going to have to die publicly. And it means letting go of some of your people pleasing because you doing this podcast will not please some of the people who are in authority. You doing this podcast will show that, hey, like you're not actually happy with your life and you are or are happy with parts of your life. And he said, and I think you've spent a lot of time creating this narrative that life's pretty good, except for those of us who know you really well. And he said, so I, I absolutely think it's a great idea. I think it's really needed. I just need you to know that it means that part of you is going to have to die. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I didn't work on it for like a month. And I just let it lie dormant and things kept happening where it felt like almost the spirit was saying like, no, this is an important thing for you and for others. What's been really interesting is like, I think I knew I would change, but I, I don't, actually, that's a lie. I think I knew I could look like I was changing, but I didn't think I would actually change. I I thought I, I could give people like little nuggets of wisdom, but it wouldn't actually risk the death of parts of me, but I'm actually glad they're dying. When I was home over Christmas, I was reflecting on some of the goals that John has given for me. And I realized like I already have the things, a lot of the things. And my sonder or my desire to live other people's lives comes out of like a really false understanding of where other people are with their relationships, friendships. Like I have got core deep friendships. And I I know this because when I'm with other people who don't, they look at me and they say, well, I wish I had a a John or I wish I had those people in my life that you talk about so much. And I, I think that part of the soul work for me has been 
if I know my core, I am awakened to what is already present. The beauty of the last couple months is that I'm, my eyes are starting to appreciate what is around me. And so I'm excited about talking about some of these core things because I think the reason why I forget is that I get so focused on what I, what is not important. And I'm realizing more and more that um, being a, a people-pleasing person, so I don't know if you know much, well, you do, the Enneagram, I'm a two with a three wing and twos are um, people- you would have guessed that, yeah. But my two is very like people pleasing. I need people to like me. I I want to please people, and I that sometimes looks like I can take on a false persona of like, well, if this is the person you want me to be. Yeah, like one is the United Methodist pastor and your work in the world. If you think of yourself in concentric circles, the outer layers is what the world sees as your your work in the world, your titles, your degrees your accomplishments, and then there's a layer deeper, that's your body, uh, that your, your, the world sees as your physical presence uh, in the world, and, and it has all sorts of expectations and weird thoughts, which you've, you've been exploring wonderfully uh, on your podcast. And then you mentioned the Enneagram, which I love so much, uh, which is really a map of the mind and, and how you process information. So a two being a, two being a helper, uh, and, and that being a primary motivator and a three being success-oriented and, you, and you, uh, the wing, uh, your mind wants to help and to please and for the whole venture to be successful. That's not a bad thing, but all the Enneagram does is it points you to a layer deeper, your spirit and your soul. And the whole goal, I would argue, of uh, the spiritual path is to find not the personality and the, what the body does in the world uh, and how well the body behaves or, or, or the work in the world. It's find the, the path to the soul uh, and find out what's in there. I would say that's where the divine dwells in the greatest concentration. That's where the oneness is already true. So I love what you were saying earlier about I'm slowly realizing I have everything I need. Very When you see yourself from a whole person perspective. Yeah, you got it. You, it's in you. Uh, and then you need to get it all working with your, your personality of your mind uh, and your body. Uh, and that includes your genetics and your gender and all those things that go along with bodies. And, and then your, your work in the world, your, that, that's your work to do today. Uh, all those things have to be working together, but they have to be consistent with your soul or it just doesn't feel authentic to you and it won't feel fulfilling, even if you're really successful at it. I'm sure you've all heard tons of stories of people that climb to the top of the ladder. I love Thomas Merton's famous saying, climb to the top of the ladder, then realize, I climbed the wrong ladder. So, yeah, that, that is 100%. I think this longing, you know, another friend that I chatted with who is like one of my best friends, and as I was work, starting to work on the podcast, she's actually the one who helped me like spitball names, like what are we going to call a podcast? And we thought like adulting and all these different names. <laughs> um, and her and I were chatting and she said, like, if you look at our lives, like in many ways, her and I, um, she works in advertising. We're like theoretically the top of our game, but is it the right game? Like so many of my colleagues who are my age aren't the lead pastor of their site, aren't, you know, getting to speak at these events, aren't writing, aren't doing the things that like seem to be the outward idea of this is an achievement. But 
it's exactly right. You're at your top of your ladder looking around going like, oh, shoot, this was someone else's ladder. <laughs> what do I do now? And if people want to discover these things for themselves, there there is a way to like log on. Um, they can go to the website and check it out. Um, and we'll have a, a link to that um, on our um, like show notes. But what would you say if they're not, if people aren't, you know, capable of, of doing this, how do we, or do you think it's just important that we figure out our core? How do we figure out our core inspirations if we don't take this test? Or is this test like, do you feel like this is the best way to go about it? <laughs> Part of the, the process in this is just understanding what it means to be a human being. And where do we get information on what it means to be human? So I went to medical school. I got all sorts of information on what it means to be human uh, from a subatomic level all the way down to, yes, you're a whole body uh, and, uh, and a mind and a body that are interacting. But I think what's missing in most of our places where we receive information about what it means to be human is none of it's integrated. Your world and your body are interconnected. Your body and the world are one. They're constantly interacting. So you, you breathe in uh, oxygen. You spit out carbon dioxide. That can move around the world in four to five days. The oxygen that you breathe out may bless a plant in Ghana uh, somewhere. Like People don't think of themselves as whole people, and they're not getting the information that they need to actually live their lives in, in holistic ways. So I think, first of all, it's just an awareness of what it means to be human. You're, you're, you have a world. You're interconnected with it. You're one with it. Uh, you, you're one with all the other people on this, this little blue marble that we're floating around in, in the universe. And then you have a body, and then you have a mind, and that's generally where things stop uh, with understanding what it means to be human in our culture and society. Uh, but you also have a spirit that can be inspired or crushed, and then you have a soul or the core of who you are. And I think even in our spiritual institutions, that's kind of foreign territory. Uh, even even some of the, the, the pushback you may be getting about spiritual tradition that, hey, this soul work, this core work, and it's a deep part of the tradition that you're in uh, spiritually. It's in there. It's all, it's all in there. Uh, but that, a lot of those concepts have been, been lost in, in both spiritual worlds as well as our uh, medical worlds. So just an awareness that for anybody who's listening out there and says, oh, I have a or a deep layer underneath all of this stuff that's really the true self, the true person that I am. And my job, a big part of my job, is going on that journey inward to discover who that is and what empowers me. Tap into that, let it energize me, and then live it out in the world. And that may come in knowing your core values, or that may become just having a phrase or a mantra about what describes your, your role and purpose in the world. And when you have that, that, that mission that you're on, then when you stumble and fail and you just can pick yourself right back up again and go, okay, back on mission. Uh, got off track there a little bit, uh, but now I'm back to doing what I'm made to do in the first place or who I am. And I, I think that's been largely lost in our culture is who am I? Who am I at the core? And, and how do I figure that out? People don't even know that that's a journey that they should be thinking about or, or looking for. I think part of it is because we're told who we are from you know, or, or what we should want. Um, you know, as I was working on the, the book that I wrote, um, I started thinking about sort of this, this curated life that we lead. Um, and some of my work was, even in this podcast, has been getting rid of the curation of my life. 
because I think we curate or we try to fit in with so much of what we're told we're supposed to do or what things are supposed to look like. And and why I do ministries, I think one of the things that I'm helping people know is like who you are at a base level is loved by the divine. That's who you are. Yeah, who you are is awesome. It's incredible. Yeah, who you are. You matter. <laughs> who you are matters. You matter. And and that's the the hardest thing we can do is just at our core hold on to that. And there are so many things attacking us saying, no, 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 no. Like you need to value this or you need to be that or and it's the people who are like able to sort of push that stuff away and just say like, no, like this is who I am. That is actually it's magnetic. I love being around people who have this like deep sense of like, no, that's not me. And don't falter on that. You know, some of my closest friends are these people who just live from this like real place of authenticity. So I think that's the exciting thing is how can I all the time be living from this core so that when I make choices or decisions, I know that I'm making them for myself, not because it's been suggested to me, especially as someone who's a people pleaser to know like, hey, is this something I really want or am I just doing this to please someone else? The more you can learn to go inside and find yourself and the divine that's within you and and know that that's your core identity and that you're okay, you're great, uh, you're amazing on the inside, life becomes completely different. It can turn on its head. And uh, I think that's that that magnetism that you're attracted to uh, in in the people that that look like they're living authentic lives. I think uh, we all know people like that and and want to be people like that. just want to add that. I I think the journey that you're doing on this podcast is just wonderful. I can't say enough good things uh, about it or reckon enough people uh, to it because I think it's really common work that we're all doing or want to do. Uh, and you're showing us how to do it, and, and that's wonderful. As we talk about the core and what makes me come alive, I'm realizing that some of the things that make me come alive also have the greatest power to hurt me. So next week, we're going to have an episode about something that I've dreaded for a long time, and that's being hurt. Sandra List, the podcast, is hosted by me, Sarah Heath. This episode was produced by myself, Allie Fleming, and Corey Severi. Corey is also our team's editor, and Allie handles our graphics. Our website marketing is done by Alex Maldonado. Our theme is written and performed by Daniel Roberts. You can visit us anytime at www.sandralesthepodcast.com. And to find out more about yours truly, please visit RevSarahHeath.com. If you like the show, hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast so you never miss any new content or any episodes. And most importantly, leave a review. It's a great way to spread the word and help people find the show. So until next time, keep looking for your bliss.